Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. Got a special bonus interview episode for you all today with John Slattery, an actor you would recognize from the show Mad Men, one of the greatest TV shows of all time. He's also a director who directed his Mad Men co-star, John Hamm, in this new movie called Maggie Moores, which is on demand and in select theaters. Now, John Slattery has been working forever. He has been in so many wonderful projects, including the supremely iconic Sex and the City. Now, John Slattery was a guest actor in one of the early episodes of Sex and the City. You might remember he played Carrie Bradshaw's boyfriend who was a politician and then wanted to pee on each other in the bedroom. It was a truly memorable storyline. And those of you who follow the Everything Iconic Patreon, we recently recapped that episode of Sex and the City. So if you follow those recaps, if you don't, you can go to patreon.com slash everything iconic. And if you donate $4 more per month, you get access to those bonus episodes. I recap one Sex in the City episode per month. But I had just recapped his episode, which is titled Politically Erect. And so I was so thrilled to get to talk to him. And not only that, there was just this article that came out, and forgive me, I don't have the source in front of me right now, but it was a list of the people from the original run of Sex in the City that they would like to come back for and just like that. And John Slattery was on the front page of that. He was, uh, I think, number way was in the top of people we want back for and just like that season two or season three and beyond. And so uh, I was just so excited to talk to him. And I'm so thrilled that and just like that is coming back. I told you all we're going to be recapping that on the podcast coming very soon. Uh, but John has also been a lot of other incredible projects, things like Desperate Housewives, the movie Spotlight, and he's acted and directed alongside some of the true greats. And so it was a thrill to get to talk to him and, and even a little madman at the end of the interview. So I hope you all enjoy this chat. Oh, and by the way, did you see the two Johns, John Slattery and John Hamm? They were on Watch What Happens Live together last week, and Andy had them recreating a scene from Vanderpump Rules. If you haven't seen it, go to social media. It's on Twitter. It's on Instagram, or just Google it because it's so, so funny. It's the two Johns, which they could not be more handsome, John Hamm and John Slattery. Truly could not be more handsome. They were on Watch What Happens Live, and our friend Ira Madison III was behind the bar. We love Ira. So uh, it was such a funny clip, though, watching them recreate the Vanderpump Rules scenes. I love when Andy has them do that, uh, I don't know what he calls it, like Watch What Happens Live Playhouse or something. It's so fun. So fun. Anyway, so I hope you all enjoy this chat with John Slattery. You can find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. As always, I will try to put this interview up on the YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash Danny Pellegrino and the number one. All of the links for all this stuff are in the episode description. I'm going to be on tour in October. You can get tickets to the cities where we have tickets left at everythingiconic.com as well. And uh, with all of that said, please enjoy my chat with John Slattery. Love you all. John, how are you? I'm good. Thank you. Thanks for having me. 
Yeah, I'm excited to talk to you. Oddly enough, I was just, uh, before we started uh, recording here, I was listening to a podcast. It was Bridget Everett was being interviewed on, I think it was Rosie O'Donnell's show. And she brought you up. She had said, uh, she was uh, talking about the success she has had recently with her HBO show, Somebody Somewhere, which is incredible. Um, and yeah. she had said she had met you years ago and you had given her the advice of, uh, you had said you didn't really hit or you didn't have anything that hit until I think she said you were 50. And um, I'm curious if, do you, do you remember saying that? And also if you could maybe, I, I thought it was so kind of inspirational because oftentimes we think in our heads, we have to be at a certain point at this certain time. And although you've had so many successes along the way, uh, I, I would venture to say Mad Men was really that breakout for you. Am I right? Yeah, that, that's, I don't think I was 50. I think she's, I think she's adding a few years to that, that to, on purpose, probably to make herself look younger. That's probably why. Yeah, it's smart. Um, <laughs> uh, I love her. She's so, I love that show too, man. It's, 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 but it is great, isn't it? To see somebody who, who you know, kind of come into a, 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 I don't know, a lane that just is, is, you know, they start hitting hitting on all cylinders or whatever, some other assorted cliche, but you know, they, they find a, a spot and, and something that, that people um, latch on to and understand. And, and it's pretty exciting. Um, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I'd worked since I was, you know, I've been doing it for, I don't know, since in, I, I was in my twenties and, and um, had some successes and some, and, and, done some things that didn't get as much attention certainly but that's just the way this this thing is uh, you know you, they, they don't all work to the same uh, degree but certainly mad men you know changed a lot right. for all of us and did you always know even pre-mad men because i know you directed a, a handful of episodes of mad men mm-hmm. did you always know you wanted to direct I kind of would stand around wondering why we they were doing it a certain way or what what was the reason that a day was made up of of you know the scenes the way it was you know just sort of questions about about um operations and then thought well if I was doing it would I do it that way and then and then I it just kind of led to well not why what what would I do if I was going to do it and why why wouldn't I give that a shot so I threw my hat in because Mad Men seemed to me at the time early. I mean, the first couple seasons, we know the first season we weren't, you know, we were just shooting it and then it came out. So we, I think we were on shooting the second season before it, I forget the actual chronology, but once it, it, it became apparent that this thing was going to be around for a while, I threw my hat in and, um, and they generously gave me an episode. And then I guess liked what I did enough to let me do some more. And what were the things that you were watching, even growing up? Like, what were the movies or the touchstones where you were like, "Oh, I that made you want to be a filmmaker," or that you looked at and just were blown away by? Um, I had pretty eclectic interests. I liked uh, watching BBC productions on on PBS. Um, I watched, you know, sitcoms, Mary Tyler Moore, The Odd Couple. I watched old movies. I was a big fan of. Um, everything uh uh black and white you know uh, uh carrie grant uh, Rosalind russell mm-hmm. um screwball comedies and and uh catherine hepburn i remember being stunned when i realized catherine hepburn wasn't a 34 year old woman in black and white but she was you know a 74 year old woman um but 
yeah, you know, just kind of, I would stand there and, and, and hold the clicker standing up. My, I, I also used to say my mother, I'd be going out and my mother would say, come here and watch this. You should see this. She was a big influence on my watching films. And she'd go, you should, you should see this. And I'm like, I, I'm leaving. I have to go out. And she'd go, just come here and watch this for five minutes. And I, I said, I watched more movies with my coat on because I would stand there for the first five minutes and then I'd sit down and I'd movie be over and I'd just still be standing there in my, you know, my, in my coat. Right. Um, it's so interesting. I, I think about my parents and so many of the things that they showed me that I might not have ordinarily seen. My, my dad was such a fan of the, um, like the animal house and vacation movies and, and that kind of thing. And then my mom had such a love of rom-coms and, uh, yeah. so the two of them, I it would force me to watch certain things. And now I look back and it's so, uh, so much a part of my personality or part of what I like now as an adult. And, uh, yeah, there's so many things that I probably wouldn't have seen. Uh, you have acted alongside so many incredible people also directed so many incredible people. Is there anyone that you have acted alongside that you think was like the best scene partner or people that you were just blown away by acting wise where you're like, Holy shit. What is, I know you directed Philip Seymour Hoffman or you can't even believe some of what they're doing. Does that make sense? It does. I acted with him in um, a movie called Charlie Wilson's war. And uh, there's a scene which, which sort of sticks around on people's Instagrams occasionally, which is Phil and me. Uh, I play the head of the section chief at, at, at the CIA and he wants to be made chief in health in Finland. Helsinki, Finland, and I've given the job to somebody else, and he's furious about it. And he breaks my uh, office window with a wrench. And I've just had the thing fixed from the last time he broke it with a wrench. So there's this sort of screaming match that we have that was directed by Mike Nichols, and we were rehearsing it. And um, um, we were, you know, we were on a stage in, in the Paramount lot, and we had done a read through of the of the thing with the whole cast: Tom, uh, Tom Hanks. Uh, Julia Roberts, I mean, huge international cast. It was, it was incredible. And, and then we got up from the table and said, okay, well, we'll see everybody and wherever, you know, see you again or won't see you again in the course of the movie. And then the first thing up for rehearsal was my scene with Phil. So we went through the door, a little door and this huge, I mean, huge sound stages onto another stage where there was a limousine, an office fully set up, my office fully set up on the floor, just, you know, furniture, everything in a stretch limo that they were going to shoot in. It was wild. So we were, we got into my office set and we were like, okay, so this is me and this is right. And he comes in here and here's the door. And then we started doing it and then we did it, you know, and it was fine. And then Mike Nichols goes, I think maybe try it a little, you know, try it a little hotter. And so we started, you know, just amped it up and, and started just friggin' bellowing at each other. And he, and he, and we finished the scene and we were all like, and he and Nichols goes, yeah, I think that's I think that's probably where it lives, and and that's what we did when we got on the day. And I remember I kept, you know, jumping in, and I kept and and, he, and at one point Phil was saying, and I do this, and I do this, and I'm like, you don't. And he goes, I have another fucking line. So I hit the I hit the computer, and I was like, sorry, god damn it, you know, we were just like we were so mad at each other, and I and I kept jumping his line to the point where he said that to me like the third time I did it. And and I was like, sorry, shit. You know, it was really, we were really going at it. It was so much fun. And the scene is so funny. Um, 
as a result of that, it's just like it, it's Mike Nichols is the best. And, and, and he, I guess he just, the way he shot it, it just has a build to it. I don't remember acting that build, but it, it has it in there. And it's, it was, it's really funny to watch. I love that. I love that. And you've been in so many incredible things. I, I know we don't have a ton of time, so I just wanted to run through some of these and if maybe your kind of first thoughts or a memorable yeah. scene or something like that, uh, that it. the first one, uh, is very near and dear to my heart. It's Sex in the City. I'm a gay man, of course, was raised. Your episode is politically erect. It's one of the infamous episodes <laughs> where you're dating uh, Carrie Bradshaw. And there's this whole twist because you seem like such a genuine, your character seems like such a, a perfect match for her in so many ways. And then, uh, your character asks her, um, her to, for you to pee on her. There's like a pee situation. Her uh, peeing on me. Yes. There's always okay. something I'm, I'm, I, I don't know why I find that to be the, the, that distinction important, but anyway. <laughs> what do you remember about Sex in the City? What, because that was early in its run. I believe it was maybe season two or three. Yeah. Uh, what do you remember I, about that? I remember um, a lot about it. Uh, we were friends, Sarah and I, and, uh, and Michael Patrick uh, is just the funniest night. We became friends and um, he, he, they made everybody read so I went out to Queens and read and um, that worked out and got the part. And, um, and then we did the thing and, you know, we did the scene in the bed where I go, come on, let's go take a shower. And she was like, you know, and le- I think I leave her in the bed and there's an overhead shot when she's just lying there kind of paralyzed, like, uh Oh, uh, and then he goes, and now you get out of the bed and you, and you walk to the bathroom. And I'm like, excuse me. And he goes, yeah, you get out of the bed. I'm like, wait, naked. And he goes, yeah, 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 that's that's in the scene. I'm like, no, it isn't. And he goes, yeah, it is. Look. And he shows me that I'm like, I, I, there's no fucking way I'm doing that. I don't know. I hope I can't. I hope I'm swearing. Can, yeah, fuck okay. yeah, you can. Yeah. I, that's what I said. And he goes, what? I'm like, there's no fucking way I'm walking across the room naked. Are you crazy? And he's, I didn't see it. That was in the script. I don't know how I, I must have blanked it. I must have looked at it and, and blank, blocked it out or something. And I hadn't, I had done plays. I, I think I'd done a bunch of plays where I, I had taken off my clothes. It wasn't, it wasn't that I, I just didn't, it was so, didn't sudden. I was like, I'm not, I'm not fucking doing that. And and he just goes, oh, okay. <laughs> so we did do it. But I I don't know. It, it was funny. I literally didn't see it written. That um that episode, I feel like all of the episodes of Sex and the City, I feel like they sort of live on and it has had this life of its own. But twenty five um, years, I'm told. It's twenty five years. Yeah. We need to get you. Would you come back for and just like that? We need the character back. No, is it twenty five years to the to that episode or twenty five years to the seat to when it started? To when I think the original started. Yeah, like the original know, pilot launch. Yeah, I yeah. was like somewhere down the line then, okay. Um, there's a movie, uh, Spotlight, which I thought was so brilliant. I did it. I think it did it win Best Picture. Or it was certainly up for Best Picture, but it was just an incredible movie. What what sort of sticks out to you from that? Um, Michael Keaton, I suppose. We had a lot of stuff to do together, and he was the best. He's just the best person. And uh, I, I, you know what? I, I should say I knew. I mean, Liev Schreiber and I go way back. Mark Ruffalo. Um, I mean, uh, uh. I'm trying to think of some of the other guys. Um, you know, we, we, we go way back. Um, but Michael Keaton and I would go have dinner and, and just, you know, you would forget. I'd forget that he was Michael Keaton because he's just the, he knew my, some of my family, my, my wife's side of the family are a bunch of actors and they, and my wife's mother, they, they were on a show together back in the, the like a, 
on some variety show that that Joyce Van Patten was my mother-in-law and, and Michael were on together and, and that he was a stand-up and everything. So there's so many, so many things I didn't know about him. We'd talk about that. And then somebody would come up to the table and, and remind us that he was Batman. And I was like, Oh, Oh shit. You know, or he'd go, yeah, I'm Batman. You know, and, and, and it's a joke now because he would say that. And now it's in the next movie that he would just, yeah, I'm Batman. And, oh and, and it, you're like, Oh shit. I forgot you're, you're, you're Batman. It's so wild to think back on the day people had a, when he was first announced cast as Batman, people had such a problem with it. There was like an uproar. And now of course he's uh, so many of our quintessential Batman. He's, uh, he's the best. Wait, so you mentioned your mother-in-law and I was going to get to this, but um, you were just in an interview with uh, John Hamm who stars in your movie and he's incredible, but you two were on the today show and John was talking about his love of Bravo and the real housewives. And he watches all these franchises and it sort of went yeah. viral, uh, certainly within the, the fandom of Bravo. Okay, yeah. And I was wondering, okay, so your mother-in-law is Joyce Van Patten, who you mentioned. Yeah. And her nephew is Vincent Van Patten, who is mm-hmm. married to Eileen Davidson who, Correct. I was going to get. I was going to bring all that up, but then that's about that. That's all I know. Okay. I, I, I watched some of those, but that's you know. But then I, all I would do is reveal my ignorance. But so you're sort of related to Eileen. And yeah, well, we're cousin-in-law, I suppose, right? So did Vincent and my wife are cousins. Okay. And um, yeah, she's married to Vinny. And did you? No, just from your days sort of in Hollywood, did you have any connection to the Richard sisters or Kyle? Because I remember they had like a Van Patten connection. Back um, no, I did not know them. Okay. The Van Patten boys, men were connected to a lot of people right. in Hollywood um, right. in their younger days, in it's all, all kinds of ways. Um, yeah. Um, and and you go there, you know, to their place out there, and um, and it's all kind of in pictures on the wall. It's a, it's the most incredible spot. And you you look at like all these shows and and and, and scenarios, and it's pretty incredible. Yeah, it was always interesting. Eileen's no longer on the show, but I was always so fascinated because the Van Patten family seems to have such a rich history in Hollywood and connections yeah. seemingly to so many people. And and I love old Hollywood and all that kind of stuff. It was fascinating to me. We have to take a quick break here. We'll be back with much more from John Slattery. I want to thank Acast. And as always, wherever you're listening to the podcast, be sure to hit subscribe or follow so you get all episodes. We'll be back later this week with all of our Bravo stuff. But for now, we'll take a break and we'll be back with John Slattery. Look, the weather's getting warmer. You got to ditch the jackets, the sweaters, and you got to put on some shorts and tees. And if you're anything like me, you hate getting all the new stuff. But luckily, I've found Quince, and Quince makes it so easy uh, to get clothes. I used to waste my money on clothes that would only last one season. That was until I found out about Quince. Now I've got high-quality pieces that never go out of style that I'll be wearing year after year. Quince has all of the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from $30, performance polos. Those are my personal favorite. I always love getting new polos for the summertime, and they have a fantastic selection. I'm very particular about the collar, and I love the collar on the performance polos that I got. They also have versatile flow-knit activewear, and the best part, 
All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And by partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to all of us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes, which I love. Feel good about shopping with them. Now, again, I got those polos, but I also got some shorts, some t-shirts, just some basics that I can wear year-round. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash iconic for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's quince, Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash iconic to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash iconic. Ah, I love that sound, don't you? And that's the sound you're going to hear when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Uh, We use it here at Everything Iconic. Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling all your business complexity, no matter how big you grow. I think it's fantastic. You're probably thinking, sure, but migrating is going to be a headache, but Shopify's app store has the migration apps you need to migrate all of your products, your orders, your customers, and more uh, from every major e-commerce platform all the way to Shopify. And I always hate when I'm shopping online and I have to re-enter all of my information. Well, Shopify store remembers your shipping address, your payment information. So if you're on the couch and your wallet's on the kitchen counter, you don't have to get up, which is nice. So sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash everything iconic, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash everything iconic. Shopify, S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash everything iconic. All right, I'm sure a lot of you out there can relate because every time there's a commercial break and I'm watching one of my shows, I'm always hopping on the Redfin app or website because I just want to check out real estate listings. Like I love checking out real estate listings, even for the houses that I cannot afford. It's my favorite app to use Redfin. Uh, I just got a home, of course, but it was a pretty stressful process. And if I would have known how easy Redfin was, I think it would have helped out a lot. Redfin updates their listings every two minutes and sends you personalized recommendations. So finding the home that's perfect for you has never been easier. See something you like? Well, book a tour straight from the app. And when you're ready to buy, an experienced local Redfin agent can guide you through the whole process, making it so easy. And if you're looking to sell, Redfin agents know how to get you the best price possible for your home. That's because they sell twice as many homes as other agents with a listing fee as low as 1%. Redfin's fees are half of what others often charge, which means you'll have more money to put towards your next home. Now, that's a great thing. I love using Redfin. I love checking out. If you're buying or selling a home and you you need some help with that, check out Redfin. Download the Redfin app to get started. Will and Grace, you appeared on Will and Grace in the original run. You had uh, your character was... Uh, a love interest of Deborah Messing. What do you remember about that? Um, I remember I couldn't go back because I was doing something else and um, somebody else played that part. Who played that part? I know who played that part. Uh, yeah, I do remember they switched it up, but I don't remember who it was. Uh, but I think I know him. I mean, I forgot. But Do I, you like uh, the live thing? Like, Do you like a, that kind of environment for performing? Yeah, I wish I did more of that. I wish they still made those shows. They don't yeah. make it. Do they make any of them anymore? I There's think, a I few think. of them, but not. It's really fun, yeah. and I, 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 you get a little better at it. You definitely get better at it as you go, but it's, uh, it's, it's a little. I mean, I hadn't done. I don't think I'd ever done one. Had I? Um, 
And I did that. And Jim Brooks was directing it. Jim Burroughs. Jim Burroughs. Okay. Yeah. Directing it. The great. I mean, and he was the yeah. great. And he is the great. I mean, he's still around. I mean, I just, you know, at that time he was, he was, um, I just remember like him being directed by him to go, okay, sit on the counter there when you say that. And then when you say that, you know, kick the drawer open with your foot and put your foot in the, you know, just these specific, really funny directions that he was so sure. Just, yeah, just with your foot, left foot, yeah, kick the drawer open and then just keep, and then just, I mean, I think what he made me do was when Will and I were arguing, he goes, when he comes over, he goes, kick the drawer open with your foot and, and like it hits so that it would hit him in the balls. And I don't know whether it ever made the show, but it was stuff like that. And we run, you know, it was really fun. And, and, um, and I was sorry I couldn't go back and do it. Yeah. He's got an incredible book that just came out all about his directing. I encourage people to read it. Um, okay. Desperate Housewives, another sort of gay touchstone. I mean, what, what do you remember about that? Was everyone getting along on set at the time you were there? Yeah. 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 Uh, Nicolette is a friend of, um, my, uh, all the Van Patten family too. So she was a pal and, uh, she's great. And, um, and I knew Terry Hatcher. I was the best man at Terry Hatcher's wedding wait john i'm blown away you're friends with both nicolette and terry didn't they have their sort of feud well you know what i i didn't get any of that i mean like you go there you know you hear all this stuff and then you go to work and everybody's fine yeah i mean i think they're probably every, like everybody they you know they're fine most of the time and then they flare up they people you know you're in close quarters a lot and people get irritated but when i was there they couldn't have been you know nicer and um and and i did all my stuff with eva Right. Great. And um, she's just directed a movie, actually. She's got a movie coming out. I don't yeah, know what it's, it's, I think it just came out flaming hot on, on Hulu. Yeah. She shot it in Albuquerque right before I shot mine and, and, and was very nice about telling me I should hire some of her crew because they're terrific. I love that. So tell everyone about your movie. I mean, it, it comes out uh, June 16th. It's going to be in theaters and on demand. Tell everyone about it. Um, it's called Maggie Moore's and it's about... Um, it's based on an, a, a real life occurrence of two women with the same name in the same town in the same week that were found dead and they never figured it out. The real women, importantly, were named Mary Morris. And in 2000, in Harris County, Texas, Houston, they were found dead. They were murdered and they never figured it out. So if they the, and I spoke to their daughters and I and, and, and their hope is that if if anything, this movie sort of brings anything up and or jogs anybody's memory or, or triggers any information that people call crime stoppers, which is 1-800-222-TIPS. And, 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 you know, they're desperate to find out what ha- happened to their mothers uh, uh, naturally, but this, and I had to call, call, I called them to, to relieve their fear and confusion that I had made a comedy about the death of their mothers. I certainly didn't and would never, or their story. This is just an invented story about a circumstance that the writer read about or saw on television that thought that's an interesting, you know, small town, this happens. And then, you know, use that as a, as a jumping off point to an entirely fictionalized story of, of, you know, a police chief and a Micah stock plays a guy who has a, a sub shop who's selling expired food and his wife finds out about it. And he hires somebody to scare her off of going to the police. And she accidentally, uh, meets her demise and it goes from there. And, um, and Tina Fey is in it, uh, as the next door neighbor and John Hamm and Nick Mohammed plays John Hamm's, um, deputy. And, uh, it's a great cast of, you know, 
characters. Micah Stock, that I mentioned him. Incredible cast. And and do you have any hopes of what to what you would want to direct next? Do you want to keep directing, or or where do you I fall on that? Um, have a, I don't. I mean, I have a couple of sort of ideas, but but nothing beyond that really. And I'd like to act. I'd like to get you know an acting job uh, if show business ever comes back. John, isn't it wild to, I mean, I look through your IMDb page just to prepare for this interview because obviously there's so many things I wanted to ask you about, but is it, I mean, I'm sure there's so many credits because you've been such a, a memorable part of so many different things that you probably even yourself forget that you did. Um, I, you, I mean, you your work is so fast. You get reminded of something, you know, you go, oh, what, what do you think about that? And you're like, oh, I hadn't thought about that. But now that you mention it, you know, you and you and something pops out right away. Like the first thing, if you don't filter the first something like, like you, you do the first thing that comes into your head. I know. I was like a Mona Lisa smile popped out when I was looking well, at your list and I was like, this, sorry, I'm going to close this door. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sorry. Um, Mona Lisa smile. Right. 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 Yeah. It just like popped up. And I, I had, uh, of course, I loved that movie when it came out. And then. Yeah, you look through some of these things and you've just been a, a huge part of so many different things. I mean, Mad Men and of course we we talked a little bit about. Is there one thing you're most proud of work-wise? Probably Mad Men. I mean, it went on for so long and it was so good for the whole time. I mean, it's you know, it's not usually like that. Something usually starts and kind of crescendos and then sort of starts to repeat itself and you know, and then ends. Um, I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. This, just the level of, of, of execution on every front was so one and so incredible. And, you know, the writing, the, the, the cinematography, the, the costume design, the set design, the, acting the casting i mean it was you know pretty impressive yeah it'll be something that'll live on forever and ever i think outlast yeah. us all yeah 
Yeah. Uh, John, this was such a, a delight getting to chat with you. Thank you so much. Everyone, check out Maggie Moore's. It's on demand. It's in theaters. Go watch it. The last thing, John, that I ask all of my guests, and I'm sorry I didn't prep you for this, but uh, do you have a favorite Mariah Carey song? I ask, can you even, can you think of a Mariah Carey song? Or I don't, I can't. This is embarrassing. <laughs> terrible. No, it's okay. Have it. I don't have one. But isn't there like, uh, isn't, no, I, I, no, I'm sorry. I, no, sh- I don't okay. want to, no, sorry. Yeah. No, it's, I, I appreciate you even uh, taking the time. John, thank you so much and congrats on the movie, Maggie Moore's. Thanks. 